Hi, and welcome to Christian Life Fellowship. My name is John, and this is a recording from Sunday, June 6th. Good morning. Uh, just uh, want to let you know today is uh, we are having communion this morning. So um, uh, if you haven't got one of these little uh, packages that has your wafer and uh, juice in it, um, you can head on over here to, to our check-in table and, and get it. I uh, also just want to uh, remind you that um, uh, we want to make our ministry center available to you uh, through the week, um, right? Uh, groups of 10 are allowed to socialize and to, to come inside. And so um, uh, we want to make it available for if you want to uh, get just have coffee, if you want to pray, if you want to start a Bible study, or um, uh, maybe your Bible study's been meeting online. Um, if you want to start a Bible study, we can help you. Uh, we can help you find a, a video Bible study through Right Now Media or something. We, we would just love to see our building get used uh, because it's been such a long time, right, since uh, those kind of things have been available. So uh, just wanted to remind you of that. All right. Micah 6.8 says this. It says, The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, the, the, recent, uh, the recent discovery of the remains of 215 kids, children, at the Kamloops Residential School is, uh, is heartbreaking, right? And I, I've had a sense of sorrow over it since I first heard, you know, as a parent, the thought of my kids being forcibly taken from me. And then, um, you know, later finding out the abuse that they had been subject to and even death would be devastating. And even the word devastating feels weak because I, I can't imagine what it would do. And we can see, in some ways, we can see what it's done to generations of people but i can't imagine the impact on a parent's heart and mind i mean how do you how do you even begin to put into words the damage the effect that those kind of actions have on a family and how do people heal or find hope from those kind of circumstances because it's a situation that's broken beyond what i think many of us can fully understand Another thing that, that really bothers me about it is that this was supposedly, supposedly done under the banner of Christianity. <laughs> As a follower of Christ, that disturbs me so much because Jesus is the one who can bring hope and healing to them. And then as a leader of the church, it gives me sorrow to think something like that was done under the name of Christ. And as a leader of, of the church, I would want to say I'm so very sorry to our First Nation communities that this was done to you in the name of Christ. Well, please know that Jesus would never approve of such horrendous actions. There was nothing right about it. You know, in a few minutes, we're actually we're going to pause and we're going to pray for our First Nations community. 
before we do that, I would want to talk about ways that we can respond. You and I, what are ways that we can respond to this? And uh, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes a situation like this is so much bigger than us that it might seem like we can't do enough to fix it. But the truth of the matter is, is we can do something. And we can bring some measure of healing. We can offer the authentic Jesus who can and does bring hope and healing into situations like this. And it's not just because it isn't just about this situation, right? History is littered with this kind of tragedy. Of course, this one, right, is just very close to us. It's not COVID. I'm just emotional. Just <laughs> You know, we, we have something to offer. And, and uh, we don't have to fix the whole thing. The verse in Micah tells us to do what's right, right, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. So what is the right thing for us to do in a situation like this? Whenever we, you know, are faced with such injustice, such um, horrific events that humanity seems so capable of, And um, the first and I think most important thing we can do is pray. And understand prayer is doing something. Prayer is a response. So we, we should stop and we should pray for our First Nations community. We should pray for our nation. I mean, this brings us face to face with who we are, Right? Have you ever felt as a Canadian that we're somehow maybe a little bit better than other nations? Right? <laughs> we need to pray for healing and reconciliation. We need to pray for God to change our hearts, all of us. Right? That politics are not going to solve this. I mean, they can offer things, but they're, they're not going to be the, the true solution that brings hope and healing. Jesus is that only solution. He is it. So we need to pray for our First Nations community, for our nation. We need to pray for ourselves, that God would confront any racism or prejudice or evil that's in our own heart. So that we truly love, the God, we truly love others the way that God would love them. I mean, who, who hasn't experienced you know, seeing somebody and you, you judge them on how they're dressed or, or the way that they've presented themselves to only find out that you were so very wrong? And, uh, right, we, we prejudices to prejudge. We, we, we live in that space more than we'd probably like to admit. And injustice, evil, racism should disturb us. It should make us question the condition of our heart before humanity and before God because God loves all of humanity whether we like them, dislike them, agree with them or not he loves them and the thing we in, in prayer the thing we need to, to ask is you know I, am I really willing to sacrifice my time, my, my money my, my, myself, am I willing to do something to bring hope and healing to broken people and it's a question I think each and every one of us need to ask God if there's something he wants us 
God, is there something you want me to do? Is there anything you want me to do to bring healing? Right, again, you don't have to fix the whole situation because it's, it's beyond us. But there are things that you and I can do as individuals that can help people bring to, to heal, to find hope. Someone from our church told me this week that they're writing a letter to every First Nation, First Nation person they know that's ever attended our church to express their sorrow and to let them know they're praying. That is a beautiful response. I want you to know as your pastor, I, I'm trying to connect with local First Nations leaders to ask them what we can do to help and serve. I, I don't know what kind of response we'll get, but um, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to pray. To pray and ask God if there's anything he wants you to do. Because that is a right thing to do. Micah says to do what's right. Ask God, is there anything I need to do? You know, it, it's, it is right to confront and to speak out against evil. But to those that have, to the victims of injustice, like Kamloops, our words can, can seem hollow if they're not followed by some kind of action. And again, you don't have to fix the whole situation. Just do whatever God is asking you to do. So pray for those who've been affected. Pray for God to deal with any prejudice or racism in your own heart. Ask God what he wants you to do and how he wants you to respond. Micah tells us also to love mercy. You know, at this point in time, in, in this is an Old Testament scripture in Micah. And at this point in time, Israel has, um, they've wandered away from God. And they're not doing the things that God has asked them to do. And uh, God basically says, I've, I've got a lawsuit against you. And, uh, and here are all the charges. And, and this is part of what God says to them. Because they had not been expressing mercy towards each other or people around them. So this is one of the things that, that God wants us to do. It, it's a part of how God wants those that follow him to respond to life. Mercy is when we deserve punishment, but the person who has the authority to, to carry out that punishment chooses instead to help us. It's having the power to do harm, but instead using that power to bring good. You ever been pulled over for, by a police officer for speeding? And after a short chat, he says to you, okay, just keep it under the speed limit, and he lets you go without giving you a ticket? He has shown you mercy. Because he had the authority to write you probably a big fat ticket and chose not to. That's mercy in action. We are to love mercy, and the person of Jesus is the expression of God's mercy towards humanity. Our sin, my sin, your sin, has made us guilty before God, and we deserve punishment. But God instead chose to have mercy on us, to do good towards us. And then he tells us, he calls us to continue doing good towards others, even those that don't deserve it by our standards. Mercy is strength under the restraint of love and goodness. 
and it puts other people's needs above your own. But we've probably all experienced that our <laughs> the world around us is often brutal, and it keeps punishing, inflicting harm on people. A- and this often happens even in faith, and it's part of what bothers me. It's part of what disturbs me. Here's here's what I mean. I'll give you a scenario. Let let's say you you pray and God you feel God telling you to do some kind of a small kindness for someone that you know, a First Nations person that you know. So you you take them a coffee or you bake them some cookies or you you simply ask them how they're doing or you you ask if you can pray for them and maybe they don't respond very well to your offer, to what you do for them. They're angry, they're hurt, and it comes out at you. And the temptation many times right there is, first off, to take it personally, to um, explain your motives, to justify your actions, or many times what I've seen is um, Christians, we like to offer a, a biblical platitude or solution. Something like, well, if you just forgave, you would, you know, it would be okay. You, you would just forgive people, then everything would be all right. And um, in that moment, that is not an expression of mercy towards the person. It actually is most likely inflicting further harm to them. You know, and, the, and you might think, well, I, I can't help it if they don't like what I've done for them. I'm just trying to help. And in that kind of a situation... Mercy, it, it, the best expression of mercy is silence. Don't, no defending, no justifying, no advice. Simply saying that you're sorry and that you care about them. This is why the, the verse in Micah goes on to say to walk humbly with God. Humility cares more about what God wants and thinks than what you want or think and desire. Right? It's, it's doing what's right, standing for what's right, even when it's hard. That's, that's humility. It's choosing mercy over condemnation or justification. Here's what I mean. A part of walking humbly is never assuming that you know somebody else's journey, their story, or how they're processing their hurt, their wound, or their disappointment. It's to love them regardless of how they respond to you. It also, humility also never assumes that you know what God is doing. <laughs> we, we do a lot of assuming on God's behalf. So going back to the example of, you know, doing a small kindness for someone, and they don't respond well to it, perhaps, perhaps it's, it's what God actually had in mind. And here's why. Because an act of love is sometimes received as a threat to a heart that's simply trying not to hurt anymore. Have you ever been really hurt? (laughs) And somebody says, well, can I give you a hug? And you're like, no, I do not want to be hugged right now. Well, why is that? Not because you don't need love. It's because you're simply trying, (laughs) right? The the, the thinking, or well, I I understand this because I often live this, I'll be honest. The thinking is, if you hug me and I let love it, it's like it's going to be really, really messy, and I'm just trying to busy trying to control myself right now. We we should not we shouldn't ever think that we 
we shouldn't assume that we know what God's doing or what he has in mind. You know, but an act of love actually plants a seed that God will water. And I, I can tell you a story. It's from personal experience with someone. So some years ago, um, I, I was helping a woman. She, uh, she approached me, um, and she said, you know, I understand that you help people deal with past hurts and traumas and things like that. And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And she said, I'd, I'd like to meet with you. I said, okay. And um, so I, as we met, and we met for several months, but, you know, she, she described to me this, this uh, she would have been in her 50s somewhere at this point in her life. And she said, um, I was sexually abused by my father through my whole childhood. She said, even as an adult, my dad sexually abused me, often at gunpoint. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I... <laughs> You know, when she first came to me, I, I told her that we would be walking down a road, a path towards forgiveness, because it was the only way to freedom. I told her at the start and, and asked her, I said, like, you, this is where we're headed. If you're okay with that, we'll keep meeting. And she said yes. And so uh, we talked about forgiveness many, many times. And after a couple months of meeting regularly, um, she, she was really just, she was stuck over and over again. And so eventually I, I said something like this to her. I said, uh, I, I know that you're hurting in a way that I can't even begin to understand. But what I also know is that forgiving your father is the only way to be free from the pain and the torment that you're currently experiencing. Forgiveness is not saying that what your dad did to you is okay. And while you didn't have a choice then, you have a choice now. And she did not like that. In fact, she became very angry with me. She began to scream. We were in, we were in my, my office. She began to yell, top of her lungs, yelling at me. <laughs> and... Uh, accusing me about not caring about her or what, that I, you know, I didn't care what happened to her, that she'd already forgiven her father, and who was I to tell her what she needed to do. And she stormed out of my office and told me to never speak to her again. And uh, I'll be honest, I said it with love, but I felt awful at the time. I wondered what I'd done wrong. And some months later, um, the same lady called and she asked to see me. And I thought, oh, okay, that made me nervous, I'll be honest. <laughs> and, uh, but when she came into my office, I could immediately tell something had changed. She looked happier. And she sat and explained to me that what I had said to her was exactly what she needed to hear. <laughs> and uh, that she had now truly forgiven her father and was free. It was beautiful. And so humility meant I didn't, it was hard not to take it personally, but humility to walk humbly with God means I, I don't assume that I know why she's acting the way she's acting, why she, why she you know, uh, treated me, why she yelled at me. 
except a wounded heart often responds to an act of love as a threat. See, humility is best expressed in, in showing honor and love and mercy towards people that we don't understand or agree with. We are his representatives here on earth. And what I want is for those around us to see Jesus in us. Through our words, our actions, through our attitudes. And so, um, so this morning, we, we're gonna, we are going to pray. We're going to pause. We're going to pray for our First Nations communities. We're going to pray that God would deal with any racism or prejudice in us and ask God what he wants us to do. And then um, after we pray, I'd like to give you an opportunity. If, if Perhaps if you feel God telling you something or that you, um, you think he wants you to do and you would like to share it with people, I'd like to give you a chance to do that. So um, <laughs> here's what I'd like is, um, uh, you know, lots of you are gathered with people. What I'd, I'd like is, is for you to pray with one another. First off, just to pray together for our First Nations community. So turn with the people that you're with, and if you're in a car, pray with the person you're with. If you're all by yourself, just, just pray where you are. That's okay. Um, but uh, turn and pray for healing, for reconciliation to come to our First Nations communities. And I'll give you a minute to do that, and then I'll pray for all of us. Um, anyway, so just go ahead and pray right where you are right now together. Father, um, we, we come to you um, we come to you, Lord, uh, in some ways broken in heart because of what's happened and what God, the injustice, the evil that we see. And God, what I'm asking you to do right now is to search. Each of us, search our hearts and minds, God. Point out in us 
any ways where we carry prejudice or racism in our hearts. God, each and every person is made in your image. <laughs> you love them so deeply. God, forgive us for the times that we've judged and prejudged and held wrong beliefs about people based on the color of their skin or their economic position or their beliefs about political things that we don't agree with or things about you. God, may you tear down that kind of evil, those kind of walls in our hearts and minds that we would love people as you do. Lord, I ask now that you would talk to us, to each and every one of us. God, is there anything that you want us to do? Is there some way, God, that you want us to respond to help bring hope and healing to people? So I'm just going to encourage you now that I've prayed that to just spend a minute. Spend a minute, try and be silent and still yourself before God and, and see if he answers to you. And then, I'll, as I said, I'll, if you want to share it, you, I'll give you the chance. Right, does does anybody does anybody have anything that they might like to share? No, nope, no pressure. It's okay if if, uh, if feels maybe a little too close to you right now. But um, if you, I just I want to give the opportunity because honestly, sometimes God speaking to one, it it often pops in somebody else's heart and minds where they're going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I want to do that too. Or God was saying the same thing to me. That's that's what I have in mind here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Here, come here. I'm going to give you the mic. <laughs> so it occurred to me, I was out for tea with a friend, and there were three indigenous people at the table next to me, and I thought, I, I just thought about them. And I just, as I was sitting here thinking, I thought, you know, to offer to pay for a person's meal, to give your waitress an extra... $60 or whatever, even to buy somebody coffee that you don't even know. But just a way of saying, 
I'm sorry. Um, you know, I love you. I care. Thank you, Sally. That's good. Anybody else? All right, I'll, I'll share with you, um, one of the things that, that we do as a family is, um, and I know we're not the only ones, we were actually inspired by, by Daniel and Ashley, but uh, we, we do foster care. And um, uh, yesterday, June 5th, was actually the one-year anniversary of um, our foster kids coming to live with us. And uh, I think they're going home soon. But we, we have three girls, and they, they are First Nations. A vast majority of kids in, in foster care are First Nations children. It has to be the result of what's been done. And a part of us fostering is trying to help. I, I'm not trying to put any pressure on any of you to, to do that. I'm, I'm, I am simply explaining there are things that we can do buying a coffee, a meal. It doesn't have to be fostering, but, but pray and ask, continue. I'm going to ask you to continue to pray and ask God what he might have you do and um, to, to bring hope and healing so that we present to people the, the authentic Jesus. So um, I'm going to pray one more time and then uh, we're going to have communion together. So uh, um, I don't know, is the worship team coming up during communion? You are. Okay, so you guys can come on up. <laughs> uh, Father in heaven, thank you. Lord, again, I pray. Lord, just, just speak to us. God, we want to be like you, to love people as you do, to do the things that you have for us to do. May we do what you have for us to do, Lord.